0: Hi, Gary Zacharias with The Apologist Bookshelf. I want to talk to you today about a book called Serious Times, subtitled Making Your Life Matter in an Urgent Day. Author is James Emery White. And I'll tell you, every time I read anything by White, he challenges me. What a great author. I enjoy him so much. This is one of his earlier books, so uh, I don't know. I'm assuming it would still be available, but uh, you'd have a chance to get it used someplace. It's been around since 2004. But the material that he talks about does not go out of date. He's talking about things like how the modern world was shaped by secularization and pluralization and privatization. That's interesting. He says the results, what we've ended up with is moral relativism and uh, autonomous individuality and a narcissism that's rampant, as we can certainly tell, and a naturalism that says nature is all there is. So, we're not in a good world. We're not in a good state right now. We've got a crisis in values, um, lack of vision, empty souls, all sorts of things have gone on. And he says, we need to make a difference in the world. Now, how do we do that? Well, he talks about ways that we can do it, how to deepen our souls, how to answer the call, how to align with the church. And he tells about uh, biographical bits about different lives, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, William Wilberforce, St. Patrick, St. Benedict. Mother Teresa, Martin Luther, and C.S. Lewis. I want to look at Chapter 5, which is called Developing Our Minds, because after all, I like apologetics. I think that's really important. He has some statistics to start the book that are (laughs) really depressing. So hang in there. 42% of American adults can't locate Japan on a world map. So we're talking about nearly one out of two. How about this? Nearly 15% can't locate the U.S., Wow, I guess you laugh so you don't cry. Seventy million Americans don't know that Germany was our enemy in World War II. Fifty percent of all American students were unaware of the Cold War. Sixty percent had no idea of how the U.S. came into existence. Okay, how about this? I love to read, and then I, I came across this statistic, and it was it was so sad. Roughly sixty percent, six zero, sixty percent of the adult population has never read a book of any kind. Now it says only 6% say they read as much as one book a year. And it says even if that's defined as a Harlequin romance or a self-help manual. Oh man, (laughs) maybe we should just stop here and just think about that. That's sad. Okay, well there we are. That's the world we live in. And he says we need to be developing our minds. Yeah, no kidding. And he said we've developed uh, in the past, we've developed a Christian mind that was powerful. But he said there's a bias now against the intellect, even in the church. Well, how sad is that inside the Christian church? In the old days, like the monastic days, people studied like crazy. But he has a quote here from Mark Knoll, which I think I mentioned before. It says, if evangelicals don't take seriously the larger world of the intellect, we say, in effect, we want our minds to be shaped by the conventions of our modern universities and the assumptions of Madison Avenue, instead of by God and the servants of God. Uh, It says, apart from a Christian mind, this is now white talking, we will either be taken captive by the myriad worldviews contending for our attention, or we will fail to make the Christian voice heard above the din. So he says, either we begin to think, or we lose the fight. Oh, so sad. He says, we don't we don't even think in terms of worldview anymore. We compartmentalize. And I was really uh, happy to see him say that because I think that's a, a huge issue. And I've spent some time when I've done a talk on worldviews. I've talked about one of the problems is compartmentalization. You know, we go to church on Sunday and we love God on Sunday and we sing songs. And we think about them. We read the Bible. But then Monday rolls around, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and we pretty much live like the rest of the world. We have our job, we have our family, we have HBO, we have a quiet time, we have AOL. We don't integrate that. He says people don't reflect, they don't even think of reflecting about science, for example, or technology in light of a Christian worldview. And pretty soon it's like, well, there's our world of faith and science is something different. But they're not separated. And they shouldn't be separated. And we need to think like Christians, he says, now, for example, he says uh, across the whole spectrum of modern learning, uh, things like economics and political science and literature and hi- history and philosophy and science, certainly, and social study th- topics, social theory, the arts. And he says, you know, it used to be that Christians thought in those realms. And he mentions Jonathan Edwards, who was uh, educated at Yale and he was a president of Princeton. He was a great intellect. And he was a Christian. So he says, we need to think about our faith and how it relates to these topics. And he said, we, we, we've got to think worldview here. So what are we talking about with worldview? He says, well, it's answering four questions. Who am I? In other words, what are humans? What's the purpose? What's the nature of humans? Number two, where am I? Or what's the nature of this universe we're in? Number three, what's wrong? What's the obstacle? Because we all know things have gone astray. And then obviously number four, what's the remedy? How do we solve these problems? So that's worldview thinking. And he says, we just don't do it very well. He said, we've secularization does a good job as far as knowledge that can be empirically verified, but nothing else. And he says, we've got to found uh, have our Christian intellect based in scripture and we don't do that anymore and he says we get a lot of information he says uh, one author calls it endless volleys of nonsense folly and rumor masking masquerading as knowledge wisdom and even truth yeah we're just full of chatter so how do we do this how do we develop our minds so he says jesus thought it was awfully important because he talked about uh love God with your mind. So, how do we develop our mind? He says two things. So, I want to slow down at this point, because I I like these two things. They're they're really powerful. Number one, reading. Well, duh. He says there's no substitute for reading, and particularly the great books. Well, that's one purpose that I've uh, had in mind as I've been doing these podcasts. I'm hoping that I'm suggesting some good books and some good authors And even if you don't have time to read the entire book, I'm giving you as much as I can. I'm giving you kind of a summary of the book and then a more of a drill down and focus on one chapter. So I think it's hugely valuable that we do some reading. No no doubt about it. So how do you go about that? He says, well, first step is position yourself to read. What does he mean? He said he keeps books around him. He said, uh, when he takes his car to get the oil changed, if he picks his book, uh, kids up from the school, he's got a book there. He said, there are books everywhere. Uh, He said, uh, yes, almost in every bathroom. (laughs) So he says, these books, though, there are a lot of books, but they're not randomly selected. And he said, the best books of our present day are harder to determine. He said, he, he looks at book reviews to help him. Well, I hope you can use what I'm talking about, and I hope you go to different Christian apologetics websites, um, the, different Christian magazines, things like that. At the end of the year, they'll tell you best books of fill in the blank, 2020, 2021, or whatever. So that's not a bad idea. And heaven knows we can get used books, uh, libraries are available. We don't have to spend a fortune on these things. He says, uh, but, but it's important how we read a book. And he uses uh, Mortimer Adler's famous book, How to Read a Book. And he said, that was great. And it says Adler talks about different levels of reading. You know, we sit there and we read everything kind of the same, whether it's a comic book or Moby Dick. Everybody kind of reads things the same. He said, no, he said there are different levels. So he's using the Adler approach. He says some books just need an inspectional reading, kind of like almost skimming he says, but you're really skimming systematically. So he said, you want to know, what is this book about? And he says, it's pretty simple. You look at the title page, and if there's a preface, read that. Look at the table of contents. I try to give you tables of contents when I'm doing these podcasts. Number three, check the index. What, what sections are, are, does the author spend the most time on? Read the publisher's blurb. So that's always good, too examine the chapters that seem to be pivotal to the book's argument. And then number six, finally, get into the book, but dip in here and there, reading a paragraph or two, maybe a few pages, but rarely more than that. Remember, this is for just inspectional reading. So this is the lightest. This is the, the, the dipping in and out kind of approach, like sticking your toe in the water. He says, though, uh, there may be books that do warrant more than that. The next level is called analytical reading. So the first level is inspectional. This is analytical. This is more thorough. It's complete reading. This is the best reading that you can accomplish. It's active. I always talk about that with my students. I said, I've said to them in the past, have a pen in your hand, have a a pencil or something. And as you're reading material, even if it's stuff you don't understand, put a note out there, say, I don't get this or put a question mark or underline or draw arrows, do something. So you're interacting. You're not just making your eyes go back and forth. So that's active reading. He says uh, what you're trying to do is to chew and digest this. He said you're trying to understand. It's not just information. All right, so that's the second type. The third type, the most complex level of reading, is syntopical. Now, I've never heard that word. Uh, but he, he uses another term here, comparative reading. Now, remember, he's getting all this from Adler. So if you want to check it out, that is a good book. It's called How to Read a Book. So the third type. So let's go back again. First type is inspectional. Second type is analytical. Third one is comparative reading. That's where you read more than one book and try to put them in a larger conversation with others that deal with a related issues. So in Christian apologetics, maybe it's several books that deal with uh, the gospels and why we can trust them, or it's several books that deal with the resurrection or something like that. So there you go. There are the three ways that he said are, are important to, to get a book and to really understand it. Now, he gives you some ideas, some rules here about, well, wh- what, how do you succeed? You know, Even if you know how to read a book, how do you succeed to do this? He said, well, mornings generally are better than evening. You're tired at the end of the day. He suggests starting short, maybe just a few minutes a day instead of hours. Maybe not even schedule yourself Every single day, there're gonna be interruptions of in life. That's okay. Don't check your email right before you start reading or your text. He says that distracts the mind. Yeah, no kidding. Guard your reading time. Try to protect it. And he says, and start now. It's it's real easy to say. Yeah, I'll I'll start in a few days. He also adds, don't attempt to read a book in the context of chaos. If you got music going or kids interrupting you, you you know that's you better put it down and. and pick it up some other time. And don't be discouraged, he says, if you read slowly. There may only be a few books a year, but here's the good news. The more you read, the faster you'll read. Same thing with comprehension. That grows. And, and I've heard this before from reading teachers out of Palomar College, that if you try to read word by word because you're trying to be careful and get it all in, you're actually doing yourself a disservice. You need to pick the pace up a little bit Because if you go word by word, you're not going to get the meaning of the sentence. So pick the pace up a little bit. I'd suggest if you have a chance, take a reading class. Uh, Palomar's got a great one. A lot of colleges have really good reading uh, departments where you'll pick up speed, but not just speed to get through something, but understanding will pick up as well. So there's the first thing. He says, we need better readers, more readers. persistent readers in our society the second thing he says to develop our minds is prayerful reflection things like taking some long walks to meditate we need some peace and quiet to do that obviously so those two things are really good he spends more time obviously on the first one than the second one and then at the very end of the chapter he talks about um, guess who c.s lewis so he's in this chapter and uh, hardly anybody better than c.s lewis to talk about christianity huh So there's his book, uh, one more time, that's James Emery White. It's called Serious Times. It's a real challenge, a real challenge. How can we make a difference in the world around us? How could we be an influence for Christ? How can we make our lives matter? That's what he focuses on. And just to give you a real quick idea, here's a person who's the director of the Billy Graham Center, Lon Allison. He said, rather than just another yawning idea about cultural demise, Jim White, calls us to kick at the darkness till it bleeds light. And the way we do that is a deepened soul and a developed mind. Another author here, Dave Dockery, who's, uh, I guess he's president of Union University, he said this book calls for the church to deepen our souls and develop our minds as we seek to answer the call of our day. And he talks about being a well-written and readable volume. I think that's a good point. It is well-written and it is readable. This is not difficult reading. James Emery White. And by the way, you can get his uh, email sent to you. I do that all the time. He's got all sorts of really good things to think about. So, James Emery White. Oh, you know, I didn't say anything about who he is. I guess I should. He's the founding pastor and the senior pastor of Mecklenburg Community Church back east. He also teaches at Gordon Conwell Theological Seminary in Charlotte, has an MDiv and a PhD in theology, history, and biblical studies. Uh, done all sorts of uh, terrific things, a lot of good books out there. So James Emery White, I hope you have a chance to take a look at that. I recommend it highly. Well, thanks, and I uh, hope to talk to you again soon.